0: Hello and welcome to Small Batches. I'm your host, Adam Hawkins. In each episode, I share a small batch of software delivery education aiming to help you find flow, feedback, and learning in your own daily work. Topics include DevOps, lean, continuous delivery, and conversations with industry leaders. Now, let's begin today's episode. The previous two episodes covered leadership, communication, and collaboration. Two episodes back, I told a fictional story of a team completing the migration of their services to a new infrastructure. The previous episode, I introduced the concept of red work, blue work, and the plays to transition between the two. This episode rounds out the trilogy by covering the language used to call the plays. I'll demonstrate this with the language used in the Project Banana episode. The Project Banana story kicks off with Brian, the team lead talking to his team prior to launching the migration. This is a period of blue work. The aim is to connect with the team about the path ahead and commit to the following period of red work. That means initiating the launch sequence. Brian chooses his words carefully. Here are some examples. He shares information, not instructions. Example, We're aiming to complete the migration without impacting production. Instead of, don't break production. Sharing information allows people to draw their own conclusions and behave in their own way. Brian is also aware of the power gradient in the team. He wants the team to know that it is okay and in fact, encouraged to adapt to changing conditions. Everyone has a vested interest in completing the launch safely. Now this dovetails into the next part of his initial monologue. He declares two exit points from the period of red work. Each is an off-ramp into blue work. The first exit is natural because the launch sequence has built-in checkpoints. Brian reiterates the checkpoints to reinforce the idea of taking it one step at a time. Finishing each step is an opportunity to stop and evaluate. This also sets the expectation that the team does not just blindly follow the launch sequence. Nope, we're going to chunk the work and move carefully one step at a time. The second exit is the and-on-cord. This off ramp from Redwork is more important than the first. The and on chord is the team's method for the control the clock play, or calling a pause. They all understand an and on pull to mean, oh no, problem, stop everything, and swarm. Brian mentions the and on chord because it demonstrates that the team will adapt to changing conditions. They will not blindly follow the plan. The proper action is to stop on problems, then collaborate on a way forward. More importantly, do not ignore problems. Surface them. The opening monologue contains a lot, so here's a short recap. Brian gives a clear statement of next steps of red work to commit to. The red work is bounded by the completion criteria so the team knows when to move from red work to blue work. The andon chord is the pre-declared control-the-clock play to exit red work and move into blue work. Now we're into the story's second act, the launch itself. and surprise. There's a problem. Now, adapting to the problem is the story. The engineers Lindsay, Diego, Jean, and Marco detect a major problem. They already know how to exit the red work because the control the clock play is pre-called. That's the and on cord. The team executes the escape hatch to maintain production safety and then pulls the and on cord. This signals the transition from red work to blue work. Now Brian responds to the and on pull by saying. Thank you for surfacing this problem. I appreciate your focus on launch safety. This statement reinforces the importance of calling the pause, surfacing problems, and stopping for collaboration. It also celebrates the behavior of the other person and not their characteristics. Next, Brian facilitates the collaboration on solutions with an aim to commit to next steps. This act in the story demonstrates the difference in red work and blue work. Red work wants a controlled environment, and blue work wants divergent thinking. Brian understands this, so he coaxes the team to consider the challenge from multiple angles, attempting to get the team to consider a menu of possible countermeasures instead of just latching onto a single one. Brian asks many how questions during this act. How questions give the other person enough space to answer. One of the teammates asks, how big of a problem is this? They respond with their reasoning on why it's only a warning level. Compare that with a binary question like, is this a problem, followed by a simple yes or no response, clearly asking how much or how confident allows for a richer response. These questions fuel divergent thinking needed in blue work. At one point, Lindsay begins speaking with, let's start with the mental model of the system. This powerful statement reveals the assumptions she's making about the system. That's a catalyst for identifying one countermeasure to the original and on pull. Brian wears a few hats during this act. We see him switch into his coaching hat. He asks Gene, what's the real challenge for you in vertically scaling the proxy? This question is specifically used to identify the obstacle in the way for the specific person, not someone abstract. This is Brian trying to coach the team through analyzing the problem and proposing countermeasures. The first step is identifying the actual challenge. Jean is befuddled by the question because she's never even considered it. She responds that she simply doesn't know how to do that. Now, Brian knows that the challenge question always comes preloaded with a follow-up question. What do you want? That question is specific enough to cause Jean to revisit the constraints in the proxy that prompted the original and-on poll. That's the aha moment that turns an abstract idea into something concrete. The problem is that Jean doesn't know how to actually do the things she wants. So Brian switches hats and goes back into facilitator mode by prompting the team, how can we help Gene?" Again, asking a how question. This question passes the ball to the rest of the team. It's open-ended enough to allow exploration. Now, luckily, Jean is supported by a team who can figure out how to vertically scale the proxy. The discussion concludes when Brian leaves the team to discuss one countermeasure with management. He says he'll review an updated launch plan based on the countermeasures when he returns. Again, this is Brian sharing information, not instructions. The information is the actions required to end the collaborate period of blue work and transition into red work. Brian returns to the team with approval on the countermeasure. He celebrates the team's work on the updated launch plan. In fact, he did not need to instruct everyone to iterate on the launch plan. The team already had that information. They were intrinsically motivated, so they just did it each in their own way. Brian is sure to celebrate this by saying something like, I notice how each of your analysis contributed to the updated launch plan. The next step is to wrap up the blue work and commit to the next period of red work. Brian gives a similar but shorter version of the monologue in the first act. He pre declares a pause with the and on cord and bounds the red work with the completion criteria in the launch plan. He gets the team to commit with a simple red, yellow, green boat. Everyone is green, so the team is committed and ready for the next step. Brian hands the reins to Gene to execute the updated launch sequence, says when he'll return, and leaves. This is the end of the second act. The third act begins when Brian returns to the team. The team tells Brian the launch is complete. This marks the end of red work and the end of a massive years-long project, something definitely worthy of celebration. He speaks to celebrate the positive outcomes of the team's work. The outcome is a huge win for the business and positive impacts on the daily life of the entire engineering team. Brian doesn't say things like great work or I am proud of you. Instead, he chooses to emphasize the team's contributions to the outcomes by celebrating with them instead of for them. This reinforces the behaviors that delivered the outcomes. Brian indicates the next period of blue work will be improvement-focused. This is standard practice for any agile software team. Retrospectives are automatically built into the process. Brian begins the retrospective by asking a simple question. How can we get better? And this is an open-ended question. Starting with how gives anyone space to respond, and get better provides a trajectory. The language establishes that as good or as bad as anything is, there is always opportunity for improvement. This is a learning organization in action. The retrospective itself is a period of blue work. Again, the aim is divergent thinking to create a set of possible solutions and then converge on the best one. This requires questions and the psychological safety needed for the challenging ones. The team asks each other questions like, How would that work? How confident are we that this would work? How quickly could we test that, and what's something we're not considering? Brian stays mum during this process because leaders speak last. His silence provides the team space needed to probe the problem areas. Plus, Brian knows he has another role to play, the coach. He observes the team getting ahead of themselves. The proposed countermeasures are good, but the understanding of the current condition is not. He knows it's time to call a pause to exit this period of blue work to commit to the next steps. If there were no pause, the team could end up spinning their wheels. The pause happens verbally when Brian says timeout, explains why he called a timeout, and then asks if there are any volunteers to drive the problem-solving process using an A3. Volunteering to take on the A3 is the commitment that signals the end of that bit of blue work. Once that thread is closed out, the team can revisit the original purpose. Brian prompts the group with, How else can we get better? And the next iteration kicks off. End of Act 3. Alright, let's recap to finish out the episode. The story begins with a connect play with the team. This is a period of blue work. The aim is to commit to the next period of red work. The commit play happens when the team initiates the launch sequence that starts a period of red work. The team calls a pause by pulling the andon cord when a problem occurs. This is the control the clock play that signals the end of red work and begins a period of blue work. That's the collaborate play. The team collaborates on solutions to the problem from the andon pull. This is a period of blue work where creative thinking is needed to solve problems. The team creates and then commits to an updated launch plan. That transitions the team into red work. The red work ends when the launch is complete. This is the complete play that signals the end of red work, which sets up the next period of blue work. The team holds a retrospective to improve future red work. This is the improve play. The team members commit to go further. That signals the transition from blue work to red work. And the process continues again red work, blue work, red work, blue work, red work, blue work. You've just completed another episode of Small Batches. I hope you've enjoyed this series of episodes on leadership. I've applied the lessons from The Coaching Habit and Leadership Is Language to my own daily work. It has been challenging and rewarding. Choosing my words purposefully and carefully requires a certain stillness of mind, and I'm working on cultivating. My current practice is improving my questions and celebrating with and not for. I'm also integrating the concepts of red work and blue work into team planning sessions. Learning to see the plays and knowing when to call them has helped me grow as a manager and leader. Managers can benefit from learning to see and call the plays with their team. Leaders such as tech leads or engineering leads will benefit from learning to ask better questions to help keep projects moving. My copy of Leadership as Language is covered in highlights and stickies. In fact, I've been referring to their handy summary for constant reminders on things that I should say or not. Anyways, find links for everything on these books and more software delivery education at smallbatches.fm slash 82. I hope to have you back again for the next episode. Until then, happy shipping.